Hi, I'm Anna Rose Carell, and you're listening to the Wildly Well Podcast. We exist to help women live healthy, whole lives deeply connected to God, themselves, and others. We're going to get real. You're going to get some tools and practical takeaways to care for your body, mind, and soul. And we're all going to get down on our knees in worship and prayer before the Lord. Because that's where we don't just get well, we get wildly well. I'm so glad you're here, friend. Let's go. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Wildly Well podcast. I have a really special treat for you guys today. And this is, first of all, the very first interview on the podcast. So this is a special moment for me, for you, for the podcast. But really, I have one of my very favorite humans in the entire world with us today. And I'll let her introduce herself and share about herself. But I really just want to give a little context that this is a woman that you want to listen to and that really loves you and believes in you and believes in what God is doing in your life. And there are so many things that I love about her. We have walked through a lot of different seasons of life together. I mean, both of us, when I when we met, I was a sophomore in college. And so a lot has changed since then. You mm-hmm. now have two kids who did not exist back then. Mm-hmm. Right. And she is just so incredible from the inside out. But I think one of my favorite things that I cherish and that I think you guys are really going to glean from today is that when she talks, you just know that she is close to the father and that she knows him, she loves him, and there's just something so comforting and encouraging about that at the same time. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce Alyssa McHugh to Mm -hmm. the podcast. Mm -hmm. And Alyssa, would you just start out and tell us a little bit about who you are, what season of life you're in, and really anything else that you want people to know? Well, thank you so much. No, I, the feeling is mutual. You are also one of my favorite humans and I trust your words and carry them with such weight as well. And um, I'm just so excited that you're doing this and so grateful on behalf of all the women and men who are going to get to hear your words as well um, throughout these, these podcasts. So um, yeah, I'm really excited as well, but yeah, I'm just, I am in a uh, mom mode right now. Um, I joke with people and I say my life is, is groundhog day. I, it is very repetitive, um, with toddlerhood and babyhood. Um, but I feel like the Lord is teaching me a lot right now about, um, finding moments of heaven with him in the mundane, um, and also just, um, holding on to moments throughout their lives. Um, but Matt and I met, uh, we met in 2016. I want to say we got married in 2018. So we've been married for about five years now, um, May 18th. And, um, on our two year anniversary, we adopted Hannah Grace at the kickoff of COVID. Um, 
And that obviously took our family in a direction that will never be the same. Um, we thought about becoming parents and uh, adoptive parents in in real time about two weeks before that. So our family does things um, when we hear the Lord say them. And sometimes he can say them really last minute. But she's three now. And um, Kaysen was born on April 5th. Um, so she's just about four months old. Um, and yeah, like I said, I feel like my, what the Lord's working on me right now is, and will be for years to come is making sure that my identity stays grounded in him and doesn't get wrapped up as it so easily can in the, um, in the, just what I'm doing as a mom, finding my identity as a mom, primarily, as opposed to in him what I'm doing to keep things afloat, put fires out, um, help them have, you know, the best childhood and babyhoods that, that I can give them, um, and keeping my identity grounded in him, um, first and foremost. Um, but yeah, that's really where my, my head and my heart have been for the past few years and, and will be for, for years to come is, is with them. Um, and doing all I can to serve them with my, my whole being. Oh, I love it so much. And I have just loved watching your family grow over the past few years. Mm -hmm. It's been so sweet and so special. And also just for context, for anyone listening, we met at the Wesley House at Southern Methodist University. When I was a sophomore, Alyssa just started working at mm -hmm. the Wesley House and was actually, we met in your interview. So yep. you weren't even officially hired yet, but mm -hmm. I just knew when I met you, this girl, there's something special mm -hmm. about you. And because we met in those college years and in a part of my story, when I was still really just floundering in physical symptoms and didn't know what was going on with my body. And it just, I think you saw over time the toll that that took on my relationship with God. And yeah, yeah you, you saw all of that. And so I also have seen you go through a journey too with your health. And so I'd love to hear and for you to share a little bit about your health journey. And in my head, I really think of the season right after Hannah Grace was born mm -hmm. in the thick of COVID and then what led you to see Dr. Dan. But mm -hmm. share, I mean, any any piece or part of your health journey that that you want to. Yeah. Um, I think that there is definitely a very clear before and after in terms of my physical health, physical health when it comes to Dan. Um, and to, like you said, that season of life, um, right after bringing Hannah Grace home. Um, I think prior to that, I was somebody who put my physical health last thing on the list. Um, it was of the least most importance um, in comparison to everything and anything else on this planet. Um, I was constantly putting other people before my physical health um, and then would get so spent that any energy mental or physical I had to put towards my health um, was just so minimal. Um, and that 
after about 30 years uh, took, or 28 years, I guess, technically took a toll. And um, I think the kicker was bringing a newborn home. Um, We stopped sleeping and my body just started to shut down. Um, And it got to the point where I was starting to feel unsafe, even watching her by myself, because I wasn't even capable of like keeping her safe at times with how much my body was feeling. So I no longer had the luxury of ignoring my physical health. I didn't even know what doctor I should go to. I didn't know um, how to get myself to a doctor at that point because I had run out of the ability to figure those things out. And um, I think God just met me where I was at, which was really low barrier. And Facebook brought up Dan Kellum's, um, a functional medicine doctor in Colorado. And he had some like webinars and videos about um, some symptoms that I was having that I felt like really resonated with me. Um, And I just felt really confident in asking for a conversation with him. And in that conversation, I cried. Um, I had never felt so understood uh, by a doctor um, and so cared for by somebody, you know, I had just met, he had just met as a doctor. Um, you could tell he really cared for his patients. Um, and that truly inspired me to want to learn more. Almost immediately, I was, you know, after working with him, I was becoming a different mom. Um, and becoming the mom that I wanted to be for her. Um, I mean, my physical symptoms had started taking a toll on me emotionally. And, um, so it was, it was all encompassing at that point. Um, but I'm, I'm so grateful for him to this day. I mean, he taught me things that I will take with me lifelong, um, taught me things about my body specifically and my health specifically that I need, in order to, to function well. So, um, yeah, that brought in a whole other area of, of trust in terms of stepping out of, you know, Western medicine, um, and, and trying to learn where God was at in more of the functional medicine world, um, and combining those things. But, um, it really took me not being able to care for another human for the Lord to wake me up and go, you know, by neglecting your physical health, you are now neglecting them. You're now neglecting Mm her. And, um, and that was, that was what it took for me to go enough's enough. And I need to do something about this. Wow, man, you touched on so many things that, that I relate to. And that I think so many other people who have something, some kind of trial with their body will relate to in terms of you can get to a point where you're so tired or so deep in your symptoms that you feel like, I don't even know how to find a doctor or I don't know like what step to take. And so, yeah, and I'm excited. I'm going to record an episode with Dr. Dan soon Mm -hmm. to get him on and I'm so excited. And I think to anyone listening, it's not that I think you have to go see him specifically. I mean, I recommend it. He's amazing and will take great care of you. 
but I just want to give you hope that there are doctors and people out there that can help you and it is possible um so I think that is so relatable and I think as we've journeyed together over the years one of the things that has been so special and encouraging in our relationship is from the beginning even when I didn't have a diagnosis or a name for what I was feeling you still believed me and listened Mm -hmm. and affirmed okay yeah there's clearly something not right here and the way your body is functioning means that you're going to function differently socially um, academically just in your life you might have to do some things differently than every other person running around on campus and I think even just that acknowledgement and affirmation in itself is so encouraging and so needed because when you're in a physical trial it can feel so isolating right and at the same time of you affirming what I was feeling and pointing me to practical resources and you are the one who pointed me to peak vitality in Dr. Dan but at the very same time you also pointed me to Jesus and we've had so many conversations over the years that I wish I recorded <laughs> I wish I that we had on file mm-hmm. but I think you have so much insight and wisdom and just great thoughts about this tension between our physical bodies and our faith and I would mm-hmm. love to hear any thoughts or things that come to mind when I mention that yeah I think for me um when I think about our physical bodies in Jesus I just automatically go to first Corinthians 6 19 through 20 um or do you not know that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God you are not your own for you were bought with a price so glorify God in your body um I feel like this verse each little like part of it um, draws out something so profound when it comes to our physical bodies and Jesus. And I used to always tie this verse to like sexual purity, um, just like growing up youth group. And it has become something else to me now. Um, It, yes, you know, very much so is related to that, but it has become so much more all encompassing um, and has taught me just the value of my body and how Jesus feels about it. Um, And so primarily, I think when I think of like our body as a temple of the Holy Spirit, I go to the fact that Eden, you know, the Garden of Eden was the very first place where the Holy Spirit dwelled. And then it became the temples of the Old Testament. And now it's us, like we are the temple. And that there is, you cannot state that lightly at all I mean the the profound weight of that is is intense um and I think puts our minds in a place of viewing our bodies in a very different way like I think we often view our bodies as as a vehicle or like as something to use or something to that's just I don't know carrying like our minds or carrying our you know our organs or anything like Mm -hmm. that and it it is so much more than that. Um, 
it is now the place where the, like, it is now where God has chosen for his Holy Spirit to dwell that was originally the Garden of Eden. Like, and when you think about the the temples and just how people devoted everything to building those things, and now we're the temple. I mean, yeah, cannot be, yeah. like, overstated enough. Um, I think that's where my my mind goes goes first in terms of and tries to to hold hold space for that well and go back to that over and over and over again. Um, either when I feel like my body is failing or when I feel disconnected from the Lord going Eden, t- like temples in the Old Testament, Alyssa McHugh. Like, you know, this is how he chose <laughs> for yeah. this to go. Um and in the same breath, you know, seeing seeing others as as holding you know his spirit as well. Um, but what about you? What do you what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, gosh, I love that. And it's just so mind-blowing how personal it is. Like mm-hmm. he chose each one of us to dwell in. And it's not a sometimes thing, it's not when we're doing the right thing or when we feel connected to him, it is a 24 seven, 365 day thing. Um, And I just think about in the garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve were, you know, things were perfect. And then when Mm -hmm. sin was introduced, the very first things that they did was cover up their body and the, the very first tactic that the enemy had against them was shame about their bodies. And so there's obviously something really powerful about the fact that God made us physical beings and that we connect with him in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think physical trial is a really big test and it's just really hard because we do connect with him in our bodies, but we don't always consciously think that. Like I know in my journey, there have been so many times that I've thought, oh, once I feel better, then I'll connect with him. And now I'm like, no, like he's here the whole time. And it's just hard sometimes when you're in that physical trial. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, there are when our bodies are suffering, it can feel like we're not able to give what we need in order to connect with God. And that's one of the biggest gifts that I've seen in your story. It was your ability to learn how to connect with him without having to do things for him because, you know, you couldn't and saying, you know, same with me. Like, I think, um, it just teaches us how much he loves us in a way that I don't know if we could know if we were just like a hundred percent physically all the time. I just don't know if we would be able to comprehend it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that reminds me too of when I started working with Dr. Dan and was going through a detox phase and it was taking a really big toll on me physically. Mm -hmm. And it was just weeks and weeks and weeks of eating what felt like four foods and was just excruciating. And I mean, it was hopeful because I knew things were healing, but at the same time, it was 
very taxing yeah. in the moment. And after I had been walking through that for a while, I'll never forget you texted me one night and said, your homework is literally mm -hmm. to just sit on the couch and cry to Jesus for 20 minutes. And that's yeah. it. Like yeah. that, that's literally it. And yeah. I think that's when that light bulb moment went off for me of, I don't have to do anything or produce or right. achieve for him to love me or connect with me or to tell him that I love him or show mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we can, we can know these things. We can hear these things, but there's nothing like physical suffering. That's going to get it to sink in. Mm -hmm. Um, quite the same way um and has made me so grateful for my physical suffering that I've experienced um because of that and obviously the way that it's helped me connect with you um it's so purposeful it's so purposeful yeah yeah well and I'm curious what you think the significance of our bodies are which you've touched on a little bit but piggybacking off of that why do you think that God lets us go through physical hardship and trials mm -hmm. yeah I think um when I've asked myself the question about myself or about other people you know that that big why question of of why are you why do bad things happen and more specifically you know why does intense physical pain um and suffering that seems to have no end and sometimes doesn't have an end on this earth. Um, why? And he continually brings me back to the cross and the fact that Jesus experienced everything we have, everything we could experience um, with his own body and his own physical suffering. Um, and going back to Corinthians, when it says, you know, you were bought with a price, mm. that was the price was Jesus's suffering on the cross. Um, and so when I look at that, it just helps me connect with him and to maintain connection with him so much better in my physical suffering, whether I'm angry, whether I'm worn out, whether I'm frustrated, whether I'm scared, whether I'm so discouraged. I go back to the cross um, and I see Jesus and I, I hear him and I hear his words and I hear him groaning, you know, with the same pains mm. that I'm feeling. I mean, obviously more so, but um, just being together in that um, connects me to him. Um, and then similarly, you know, the connection that I get to have with other people um, through the physical pain that they're experiencing as well. Um, it's like this, you know, this all encompassing, like really supportive network that I see going on. Um, when I think about what physical pain does for my relationships with God and with others, um, and the connection that I get to have. Um, but yeah, for some reason, God chose physical suffering is the price Jesus paid to be in relationship with us forever. Um, and at, in the same way, like at the end of the Corinthians verse, it says, so glorify God in your body. Um, it's this, okay, I get to connect with him through this suffering. I don't have to do this alone because I'm also being connected to others through it. 
And it's also, it's also so purposeful. Um, he is doing something and he is always doing something, um, in my suffering, in my healing. It's, he's never, he's never not doing something in it, you know? Um, and so that's going to look different for every person. What that means, glorify God in your body, like how he glorifies us and glorifies himself in our bodies and, and glorifies the fact that he can heal. Um, but even the fact that he can be with us in suffering, like that's going to look uniquely different for each person. Um, and that's the beauty of it is getting to discover what that verse means for you specifically in your, in your suffering. Yeah. Gosh, that's all so good. And when I think about the cross, I just think about Jesus saying it is finished and how this physical Mm -hmm. struggle is not permanent. Like this is a very temporary thing, even when it's something that we have walked through for 10, 20, 30, 40 plus years, Mm -hmm. it is still not permanent. This is, I mean, a a blink of an eye in the terms of eternity. And that gives me such hope. And I think too, just in relation to connecting with other people and Jesus digging this well of empathy in us to connect with others. I mean, it really is a gift to to struggle really in any way whether it's physical emotional anything but to be able to grow in closer intimacy with the lord it doesn't make sense to someone who doesn't know jesus or believe in him to hear us say it you know we count it all joy it's a gift yeah. to walk through what he walked through which was very physical yeah but it really is a gift to be so in tune with in some degree what he experienced on the cross and the reason for it and Mm -hmm. then we can use that to connect with others which I think feeling isolated is one of in my experience is one of the hardest parts of physical trial and I mean truly any trial of just feeling like you're not connecting to God or like he's kind of off in the distance or like nobody else understands and so Mm. yeah I think being able to connect with Jesus through the cross and then letting that kind of pour into our personal relationship with him and our personal individual body that he created and then letting that flow out in connection with others is really how we survive and Mm -hmm. just fight the good fight when we don't feel good yeah absolutely okay so another I would say powerful moment in our relationship and in my relationship with Jesus was last summer when I was going through another stretch of physical suffering where I just felt like my body would not heal. And it just, it was a pretty low place in my journey. And we got together one very sunny, hot summer afternoon in Texas. And we went through the chapter of 
or not the chapter, the story of Jesus healing a blind man. And we looked specifically at Mark chapter eight, verses 22 mm-hmm. through 26. And no pun intended, but this was very eye-opening for me. And I think there's a lot of good stuff here. And so I'm going to read these couple verses. It's a very short glimpse into this story, but I just want to give everyone the context and groundwork here, and then we can discuss from there. But we looked at this story in Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 26. Jesus heals a blind man at Bethsaida, and it starts out, And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he, the man, looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home, saying, do not even enter the village. Okay, so that is the passage that we looked at, and I think there are a lot of things going on here, which is, I think, one of my favorite things about the Bible, just how much can be packed into a few verses and how much we can learn about Jesus. And this was really eye-opening to me. We went through this verse by verse, and I think I think you had me journal some different things, mm-hmm. different questions through this. If you remember them, let me know. Um, okay. But yeah, I there are things I'd love to touch on with this, but I just want to kick it off to you first. What sticks mm-hmm. out to you hearing that now and just in relation to knowing intimately Jesus as our healer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for both of us, we didn't know like what he was going to say. And then he ended up like saying the same things to both of us um, when we went through this because I just I knew I wanted, you know, to sit down with you and take some time. And I was like, oh, we should, we should do a passage about, of when Jesus heals. And this is the one that came to mind. And, um, and then he said a lot, but um, yeah, I think I can't remember what verse it was specifically that we hit when it was finally like, oh, uh, okay, this is what you're, you're saying, but it drew to mind. this one thing I heard JP from Harris Creek say one time, um, and this wasn't his like direct quote, but what he was getting at is that um, the pursuit of physical healing and the act of physical healing by Jesus always has spiritual implication, spiritual implications and intentions um, from God. And looking at that passage, I mean, we can see that like Jesus could have instantly healed that man right away. He didn't need to put his hands on his eyes. He didn't need to put his hands on his eyes twice. Um, he could have chosen to heal him without him even knowing that he was who healed him. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways that Jesus could have gone about healing him. And, but I think he intentionally chose what he did for a reason. And what it shows me is that 
this is a process. So often when we think of physical healing, we think of this miraculous, like, oh, people were walking down the street and they stopped me and they put their hand on my leg and now I can walk like, you know, things like that. Um, But what I love about this passage about healing is that it shows us that this is, this is relational. Um, This is engagement on behalf of the man who's being healed. This is, this is a process. Mm -hmm. Um, And the encouragement of that from somebody who has walked through physical pain, physical healing on no sort of timeline, right? Like, it's not like it's the kind of thing where, you know, oh, in a couple of weeks or next year or um, ever, you know, like you, there's, yeah. you don't know um, the acknowledgement by God that healing is a process could not have come at a more comforting time um, and in a more comforting way. And um, I think that when Jesus is asking him, you know, like, do you see anything, right? He's engaging this man in his process of healing. Um, This is like healing is relational. Um, Just because maybe I feel worse today than I did yesterday or tomorrow, I'm going to feel worse than I did today. That doesn't mean I'm not being healed. That doesn't mean that I'm not experiencing the healing of God. And that means a couple of different things. One, that does mean physically that he is working, but it also means spiritually. I think that when God does bring us on a path of physical healing, it is with an intention of spiritual healing and spiritual sight as well. This man was able to see Jesus more clearly, to see others more clearly, to see them the way that Jesus saw them see them the way God wanted him to see others, you know, not as trees walking, but to see them clearly. Um, Jesus is helping him see what he wants him to see. And so I think um, that's been really big for me in terms of, of pursuing physical healing, that it is, it is very closely and deeply tied to my spiritual sight being restored and knowledge and wisdom. And I think that if we want, if you want me to continue going into kind of what comes after that passage, because I know we did some like contextual reading as well Mm -hmm. in terms of what comes before, what comes after, and what's the significance of that. Mm -hmm. Um, This is kind of getting into what I was talking about earlier in terms of the purpose of physical pain and healing. But um, there's a pretty, in my mind, like direct connection between this passage of Jesus healing the blind man, it going directly into Jesus establishing his identity. He's asking the disciples, who do people say that I am Um, going into predicting his death and his suffering, you know, which we've talked about the sweetness of getting to connect with him and, and participate with him in this, in this cross. And then the invitation of saying, you know, the way of the cross, this is, the, this is how we, this is how we do this, right? This is what this is about is I'm inviting you into dying to yourself, dying to your own desires for the sake of others. Like I am doing, I'm doing for you. Um, I just, I don't think that this is a coincidence at all. Um, I think that it's very intentional that this passage of healing is leading directly into an invitation for the cross, meaning that Mm. our 
physical suffering, physical healing journey. Cause I come, I combine them into one now, um, for me personally, mm-hmm. um, is a direct invitation, um, into the, this message and mission, um, of Jesus. This is the ultimate calling in my mind, ultimate gift of using our, our suffering on this world, um, to connect with him as he did on the cross and to take up our cross along with him. Um, and when I think of that in terms of what I have and will, you know, continue to go through physically, um, in different seasons of my life, um, the hope, I mean, the, the acknowledgement from him of what I'm going through, the acknowledgement of him of I'm calling you to this higher purpose and I have this higher power for you while you're in this. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing that means more. There's nothing that I need to hear more than that. Um, in those dark, dark days. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that is all so good and so encouraging. And in my brain, what keeps sticking out about so many different ways that I think you said this, but just this idea that healing is relational. And Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes I have expected and prayed, Jesus, heal me. And we expect physical healing and because we believe and we know that he can heal miraculously and we believe it so it's like okay well if you can do it do it for me lord (laughs) like come on yeah but I think it just he is a relational god and he wants to work with us and in Mm -hmm. us and through us and it doesn't mean that we have to perform or achieve or do things for him to love us or heal us, but right. just the internal posture of inviting him into the journey, surrendering to him and partnering with him is really what he's after. And that I believe is what heals us and what, no yeah. matter what happens physically right. or what healing we see physically that invitation that he extends first but then we extend back to him of i want you to be my shepherd and my healer and guiding me through every step of this healing no matter what it looks like or what happens i want you to be a part of it and it's just that is life with jesus Mm -hmm. in a nutshell i mean whether you're in a physical trial or right not exactly that's exactly yeah yeah, that's the heart of it yeah Yeah. and I think too even just looking at that passage again and I love the context of when we looked before and after these verses what comes before and after it that that's so good and it just points to this greater theme of the cross which it all comes back to that but I think too we see that he's relational when he says in verse or the word says in verse 23 and jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village Mm -hmm. and so we see jesus intimately focusing in on this one man 
taking him by the hand, which is a personal gesture, and then Mm -hmm. bringing him out where there weren't distractions, there weren't other people. And so I really, I just want to encourage anyone who feels like they're in isolation right now, or you feel like you don't have friends who understand this could be the exact place that he has brought you to heal you and to build intimacy with him because he wastes nothing. So I just want to encourage you that there is purpose in where you are right now. And I would just say, look up and just invite him into where you're sitting right this very second. And just, I think you'll be amazed what happens Mm -hmm. when you do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember that moment too. Um, like sitting you with you and just seeing it wash over your face of like, oh, I don't have to fix this either. Mm. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not being reprimanded and yelled at to fix my body. I'm not being reprimanded and yelled at to fix my community. I'm not being told all the things that I'm doing wrong. Like this is there's something else going on here Mm -hmm. um and it's it's all intentional it's all connected like you said yeah yeah it's all connected I mean I think that kind of goes hand in hand with this other idea that nothing is random and you have really helped (laughs) me understand that and I feel like that's just been an anthem that I've taken on that there's nothing random about your circumstances or your symptoms or where you are geographically. I mean, there's nothing in your life that is random. He's working through all of it. And I just love that idea so much. Yeah. 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 And the last question for you today, as we wrap up, I just want to give you the floor you have such an incredible heart for any other human being on this planet and i know that you so intimately know physical trial as we've been discussing mm-hmm. and so what would you say to the girl listening who is walking through a hard part of her health journey and doesn't know how to connect to god right now yeah um i think well, I definitely want to talk about, you know, how do I connect with God in this time? For some reason right now, my heart is just um, leaning first towards just speaking into her um, about a couple of things. One is this inclination to hate your body um, and to hate what it's brought you through and to hate where where it's taken you. Um And I think I just want to tell her right now, that's okay. Um, It's okay that you have had days and seasons where you want a different one, where you want another one. And there's nothing, God is not looking at that and going, how dare you be more grateful? You know, at least you can walk, at least you can talk at least I mean whatever the things that you know people may have said to you um he's not saying any of that um he knows exactly how you're feeling um and why you feel that way towards your body 
Um, and he's sitting, he's sitting in that with you. Um, so I think, I think that's the first thing that, that comes to mind. Um, and then in terms of, like we've talked about a little bit, just how do I, how do I connect with the Lord in this season of physical pain and suffering? It can be such a distraction. It can be such like an emotional hindrance, a spiritual hindrance. It can be such a, um, something that can trigger a lot of anger and resentment towards the Lord, especially if our prayers are not being answered in the way that we want them to be. Um, and so I have some things, um, that I think we've, you know, we have touched on a little bit, but, um, one is that your physical suffering could not be any more intimately linked to the physical suffering of Jesus. Um, Mm. he sees it as so closely tied, which is why he, is inviting us to take up this cross with him. It's not for him. It's not to prove something to him. It's, it is with him as something that he's done for us. Um, and I just pray that you feel so seen, known and loved, um, by him for having suffered for you, um, and suffering with you now. Um, the second thing I would say is to that this is a process like we've talked about, and we have to take it one day at a time. If we start looking down the road at, okay, a year from now, if I'm still in this place, how am I going to function tomorrow? How am I going to do what I need to do if I feel yeah. like this tomorrow? And I think that that is such a, that is such a motivator from Satan to just discourage the crap out of us. And um, I think going back and holding on to Mark eight, where it shows that this is a process and the process is not letting, it's not letting up. Um, you're always on this journey of healing with him while you're in the journey of physical suffering. We are not waiting for healing. We're in the midst of it right now. Um, and so, um, you know, a hundred percent pain-free physical healing is not always the goal for today in his mind is not always the goal for next year. There's, there's so many other forms of healing and freedom in Christ that you can experience in this moment. Um, and that he's inviting us into. And then, um, the third thing I would say is just that you are, I pray that you feel so purposed in this time for people like you and I, Anna Rose, that like can find so much of our identity in terms of like what we're offering, what we can do for others and are constantly comparing like even past seasons of our lives of maybe when we were more productive Mm -hmm. to what it looks like now. Um, I think it's really important that we don't see this as a time to do more. Um, I think like you mentioned how I had said, like, this is just a time to cry, <laughs> like, you know, to just yeah. acknowledge, to be, to sit, um, to not run away from it. Um, cause he's, he's missing you. He's missing us as we're running away from him because of our pain. He's just missing us terribly. And so, um, I think using this as a time to let God do for us, what we think we're supposed to be doing for him basically. Right. Like, you know, he's the ultimate sacrifice. He, he laid down his life. And so, um, while we've been running around trying to build up a resume of why we're deserving of that, he's just looking for an opportunity to show us 
what he truly has done for us and for us to understand it in a in a new way. Um, so, yeah, I think um, when you think about connecting with Jesus, Jesus in this time, what does it look like for you to be in his presence without thinking about what you have to do for him in order to connect with him um, is probably the biggest question that I would give you. And, you know, that's not going to look the same for for every person, but simply by holding on for today, you're doing what he's asked of you. Um, and now it's just a matter of giving him the opportunity to, to glorify himself um, through your body, through your suffering, through your pain and through your, through your healing. That is so beautiful. And I can't wait to replay that to myself (laughs) over and over and over again. Well, thank you for letting me get some things off my chest that I, I feel like he's, I've been holding on to for a while. I mean, that's the other, I mean, you've mentioned this, but that's the other part of this is this can be so isolating so much of our suffering. We just hold on to behind closed doors. Um, and the lightness that comes from just like putting one foot out and going, you know, who's out there. Um, can you hear me? Can you see me? Like, do you, do you know what I'm, I'm going through? Um, is, oftentimes better than any like you know pain medicine medicine that you can receive like just the Mm -hmm. spiritual connection that you can have with others through this is is that's what it is it it is spiritual it's it's um it's so beyond what we can see so um yeah I pray that I pray as well that whoever's listening can can find that connection um as well because I know that he has that for them yeah so true like we we found with each other you know yeah yeah Yeah. amen to that yeah and yes and hopefully whoever is listening if this has resonated with you I would love 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 if you would reach out to me or to the wildly well instagram to our email hello at wildlywellco.com um I mean, you can leave a review in the show notes and just let us know there are spaces for you to reach out and just let us know how we can pray for you because we are in this with you and just want to be a light and a resource and yeah, someone who is journeying along this rough and weary earth with you. So <laughs> yeah. We love you so much. And Alyssa, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to be here today. And I will see all of you guys next week on the podcast. Thanks, guys. Mm